Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 47 The steel of the elevator gave way to rock. The only light they had was from the control pad on the lift. After what seemed an eternity, the lift emerged from the shaft and came to a stop in a massive cavern. It mirrored the level above in that it too was a staging area, this to receive the supplies being delivered from above. The noise of the lift stopping echoed in the tomb-like silence of the cavern. Filling the space were rows upon rows of steel racking. Each bay had an alphanumeric identifier. Along the cavern wall to their right, a set of train tracks disappeared into a darkened tunnel. A series of flatbed train cars sat on the tracks, each of the cars in various stages of loading. As above, forklifts sat haphazardly throughout the cavern. On the floor were painted color lines. Blue, red, green, white, and yellow. They stretched across the floor in the direction of a wall of glass with two large glass swinging doors. A blue hue from overhead lights shone through the glass. What are those lines, man? Walt said. They tell people where they can go. Gold for command, blue for R&D and medical, red for engineering, green for supply, and white for administrative, Nicole said. Walt nodded. Like Star Trek, huh? He said. Nicole stepped off the lift. Yeah, Walt, like Star Trek. What lines do we follow? Paul asked. Nicole gripped her rifle. We follow the gold. They should lead us to the HQ and my father she said. They moved slowly. This area, too, appeared abandoned. Supplies were spilled haphazardly across the floor. Nicole had expected a gruff reception at the gate. Finding the area as they had, her hopes were hung on there being some sort of battle, with the bulk of the military, including her father, to be holed up securely, deeper within the compound. Now, with each step, she felt the noose tightening around her dream of a secure refuge. She continued to shove those thoughts aside as she moved toward the glass enclosure ahead of her. When they reached the wall of glass, they could see cubicles that formed a maze of clerical spaces. Walt, Sam, get the doors. I'll cover front. When I move in, Paul and Billy, you come up front and take Walt and Sam's positions. Walt, Sam, as we move through, you close the circle again at the rear, Nicole said. Walt and Sam each grabbed a handle on one of the tall doors and pulled them open. As Nicole moved forward, Paul and Billy ran and joined her at the front on either side. Jordan hurried Ruby through. When they were in, Sam and Walt quickly turned and formed the rear guard of the circle. The room was huge. From within this room, one could forget they were inside a mountain. 
This room had walls, a ceiling from which buzzed rows of fluorescent lights, and a floor of gray carpet. Inlaid in the carpet were colored strips matching the lines painted on the cavern floor. The maze of cubicles stretched off to the right and left of a long path that led to a set of double doors set in the wall at the far end. The group advanced down the carpeted channel and headed for the doors. From inside the cubicles that Nicole could see as she passed, computer screens flashed with streams of numerical data, graphs, charts, whatever the previous occupant had been working on before they fled. The only thing that seemed to be on every screen was a red warning. The word breach flashed in and out. Nicole guessed that this was the workspace of those who now lay dead by the entrance. As Nicole, Paul, and Billy moved past, something jumped up from behind one of the cubicles and fixed its sunken eyes on them. Nicole's thoughts were cut short by a cry from Sam behind her. We got something here, he said. On her right, Billy began to turn to see. Nicole saw Billy out of the corner of her eye. Billy, eyes forward. Sam, it's your piece of the pie. What do you see? Nicole said. Sam gripped his rifle. It's a shuffler, he said. Everybody keep moving. Sam, clear your zone. Three-round burst. Two is better, she said. Sam sighted down the barrel at the shuffler, and a red dot danced on the center of its forehead. Sam kept steady as he continued to step back, keeping up with the group. He fired twice in quick succession. The dead's head snapped back, and it froze for a second, before it fell and lay unmoving on the floor. Are we clear, Sam? Nicole said. Sam nodded. When Nicole didn't hear him, she called back to him. If your zone is clear, say zone is clear, Sam. Oh, yeah, right. Zone is clear, Sam said. Nicole sighed as they moved towards the set of double doors at the far end of the room. The colored lines ran up to and disappeared under them. What her mind was telling her and what she didn't want to believe washed over her in a cold sweat. Their refuge had been breached by the dead. Hi. I wanted to take just a moment to offer a very public thank you to those listeners who have supported me and my podcast over the last several months. I set two goals on my Kofi page and am absolutely overwhelmed by the generosity of those who enjoy my story. I am touched by the many kind comments I received with that support. The first goal was for a cover to protect my Tascam Mixcast 4. This is the soundboard I use to record and mix my podcast. It is an expensive piece of gear and absolutely essential to me. That cover was made possible by the kind and generous support of the following. Kofi Supporter on July 10th. RK on September 29th. Frank Swearingen on October 10th. Darkest Star on October 22nd. Big Red W01F420 on October 23rd. Black Coffee on October 29th. Catherine Bushnell on November 2nd. D. Cristiano on December 5th. Kofi Supporter on December 13th. Abby Farley on December 16th. Chris Stosen on December 19th. Anthony Williams on January 7th. Joanne Person on January 7th. Saul on January 19th. And Chris on January 26th. To all of these, I say thank you. 
The second gros I set was for a new set of headphones, an upgrade from the bargain pair I had been using and that finally broke after two years of strenuous use. I expected this to be at least as lengthy a goal as the previous one, but was absolutely floored by the very generous gift of one person. I have thanked that person personally already, but wanted also to commemorate their generosity by letting all who listen know. It was her birthday, and yet she gave me a gift. When I get my new Audio-Technica headphones, it will be she who I will thank every time I put them on. So to Chris David, I offer tremendous thanks, and say, do try Cabrito Tequila. It really is a decent tequila that won't break the bank. I also plan to make plaques that I will hang on the wall of my writing and podcast room, commemorating the support I have received. Stay tuned to my Kofi page for more on that when they are ready. And as always, to everyone who enjoys my podcast, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter 48 Nicole kept her eyes locked straight ahead at the double doors. As they approached, she called out, Same as before with the doors. Paul and Billy grabbed the door handles and pulled them open. Nicole advanced in as Walt and Sam ran up to take the left and right. As they moved through, Paul and Billy took up the rear. Through the double doors was an amphitheater. Seats rose on their left and right. Down at the front of the room was a stage with a podium. A large screen hung suspended from the ceiling. Beyond the stage, to their left, was a wide hall leading deeper into the base. The only light came from the spotlights on the stage. Nicole and the group moved through the shadows to the front. As they passed the midpoint of the room, they came upon a large control board. Sam, check that board. See if we can get some light in here, she said. Sam went over to the board and scanned the controls. To the right of the board were several sliding levers marked lighting. Sam pushed them up to the max position all at once. Everyone squinted as the room was bathed in bright light. As their eyes adjusted, they made a gruesome discovery. Scattered across the floor and slumped over seats were more of the fallen. Paul stared at those closest to him. More people trying to escape? he said. Walt looked at one practically lying at his feet. With his foot, he shoved it over. Whoa, no man, these ones here weren't trying to escape, he said. Everyone risked a glance at the body. Chunks of flesh were missing. Bone and rotting organs were exposed in some places. Wounds roughly the size of a human mouth were evident. Down its back, long strips of flesh had been ripped away. Back in the circle, guys. Nicole said. The group slowly formed back up and moved towards the large passage on their left of the stage. Leaving the amphitheater, they made their way down the wide corridor. Fluorescent lights flickered from the ceiling, creating a disorienting strobe effect. As they got to the end, they stood facing another set of doors. Sam and Walt reached out and pulled the doors open. A long passageway curved away, its terminus hidden around the curve. On the floor, red, blue, gold, and green lines continued. Only the white was missing. The green continued down the hall, veering off from the others, terminating at another set of wide double doors. The group moved cautiously down the corridor. As they came around the curve, a second set of doors appeared. They stopped in front of it. Then Sam and Walt each grabbed a door and flung them open. 
A rush of wind wafted past them. The air was humid, permeated by an earthy smell. As they entered, they saw that they were now in a massive greenhouse. All around them was a tapestry of color, reflecting a myriad of plants, fruits, and vegetables. A huge smile appeared on Walt's face as he scanned the room. Laid out in a grid pattern that stretched hundreds of yards in all directions in front of them, the vegetation was grouped by the type of care and environment needed for optimum growth. Walt rushed into the room and over to a nearby section. A path led deeper into the grid, over which was a sign that read, Medicinals. Nicole was about to call out to him, but was cut off by his exuberance at what he saw. This is amazing! They have everything in here! Walt! Nicole said, trying to get his attention. Walt was having none of it as he began to rattle off plant names. This is aloe vera. Everybody knows what that's for. You know, burns and such. But look over there, man. That's marshmallow, which can help you out with things like, you know, too much stomach acid and sprains and aching muscles. Nicole continued to try to call after Walt as the others looked nervously around. Walt paid no heed as he practically skipped further into the rows of plants. Oh, man, I think that's great burdock over there. It can be used for stuff like boils and rashes, and some say even herpes, man. Nicole ran after Walt. The others followed nervously, their guns still held tight against their shoulders. Walt, stop, Nicole said, but Walt was stooping over another plant. Oh, this here is pot marigold. You got a fever or infection, man? That's what you want. Oh, man, I see globe artichoke over there. That's for increased liver function, and maybe diabetes, too, though I'd have to check on that. Siberian ginseng, Chinese jam, sea buckthorn. Looks like a lot more varieties over there. They have it all, but I guess it only makes sense. Pharmaceuticals ain't gonna last forever. You know what I'm saying, man? Nicole finally caught up to Walt. He was about to continue exploring when Nicole grabbed his arm and spun him around. Walt! Finally, Walt came out of his revere and looked down at her. What is it, man? He said. Nicole stared at him in disbelief. You can't run off like that. Who knows what is going on around here? She said. Walt's mouth clamped shut and he looked sheepishly around. Oh, geez, man. I really lost it there for a minute. Sorry, but all this natural medicine got me going, you know? Walt said. The others came up and gathered around them. It doesn't look like there are any dead in here. Place looks pristine, Paul said. Nicole looked at him and then around at all the vegetation. There may not be any dead in here, but neither are there any people asking us what the heck we're doing traipsing through their garden. And that worries me as much as the dead right now, Nicole said. Sam was about to say something when a loud hissing sounded all around them. They gathered in tight and scanned the greenhouse. Where are they coming from? Paul said. I don't know, man. It sounds like they're all around us, Walt said. Tell me, Walt, which of these magic plants stops the dead in their tracks? Nicole said, her question laced with fear and anger. Walt did not respond as the hissing grew louder. Do we try to make it back to the elevator? Billy said. Paul responded. It sounds like that's where they're coming from. How do we know we won't run into them? Everybody, check your weapon. We stay here until we know where they are and how many, Nicole said. Several tense seconds passed. Everyone scanned the foliage, trying to catch the first hint of movement. They all jumped when the spray hit them from above. 
It took them long seconds to realize that they were being doused by a sprinkler system suspended from the ceiling. Oh man, they have automatic watering. That's awesome, Walt said. Nicole let her rifle drop in frustration and relief. Unbelievable, she said before finding the gold line on the floor. She moved off deeper into the greenhouse. The others fell in line behind her. Walt basked in the gentle mist as it hit his face. He enjoyed the moment for a few seconds more before turning and following the others.